Welcome to the Ashenden Anemometer Special Spring Equinox Edition as at the 20th of March 2020. Are you now well isolated and dug in for the long haul? I suspect we are but at the beginning of a tough journey, now being deluged by a different sort of storm. I will try and bring some more interesting facets into our somewhat coronavirus-restricted lives as we do our best to weather this very difficult time. And weathering that storm, the AA will try and help by midweek putting out an original podcast story just to help you weather the storm. Do search online and tune in. I'm in a very high risk group and we've stopped our travels and shut our doors trying to give no easy purchase to this unwelcome intruder. However, just before things became difficult, the AA's expeditionary staff were able to make some observations about wind measurements elsewhere, notably Amsterdam. A city recognised for its laid-backness, a number of very laid-back, well actually back-laid flagpoles were observed in the city centre, as at home the anemometer was recording gusts up to this month's maximum of 47.4 miles per hour. An interesting Dutch drinking fountain also displayed the annoying ability to surreptitiously soak its quenches feet rather than slake their thirst. A really good Beaufort telltale, that one. For the vast majority of Blythe bicyclers, this phenomenon in the otherwise ironed horizontal Netherlands is simply known as the Dutch Hills. Returning home, I noted our rain gauge had clocked in at 51 millimetres, or 2 inches. The fields around still show water, perhaps not so much as lakes as ponds, but still very boggy under welly. As for hectorization, a couple of pictures online worth at least 2,000 words are included for your enlightenment. Please do go online. The apparently bland but subtly undulating bedspread shot is entitled Spot the Cat. Uh, the cat is not named Spot, but Hector, you knew that. Do you recall those newspaper photos of football games excerpts, but missing the football, where you had to put an X in where you thought the football was to win magnificent prizes? Well, this is exactly the same, except you need to put an X on the bedspread, the duvet, where the Hector is, and I'm afraid there isn't a prize. I've also included shots of various Dutch-discovered Beaufort telltales, rather like that fountain, that point to the steepness of the particular Dutch hill that was giving the flagpoles grief. The Dutch public drinking fountain shot that was showing almost a right-angle stream to its intended trajectory, which happened to end up on my feet, contains a few clues as to just where it might be. Now, if you can place a mental cross on a map of Amsterdam and think you know what is literally just around the corner from that fountain, get in touch and I'll give you a special mention in next month's publication. <clears throat>
Here's this month's summary. Maximum gust, 47.4 miles per hour. A Winchendon road gradient, a la Dutch. Bovet scale, 6. Two out of three flagpoles agree. You will need to look at the picture online to get that one. Rain gauge, 2 inches or 51 millimetres in Dutch, not quite a drop in the canal. Hectorisation, 1. Duvet diving obscures observation. Alliterations, 6. Rising rapidly, really rapidly. Ah, the Fitzroy storm glass got accidentally knocked over. No lasting damage, but it's looking very confused. Normal service will resume there as soon as possible, if that's possible in what passes for normal right now. Well, it's time for meteorological miscellany, which has reached L. We have also reached the spring equinox. With my usually climatic cunning, I will conjure conjuncture of both. Oh, phew, glad I got that off my chest. Seatbelts fastened. Here we go. L is for Lupar Benak. Apologies if you know how to pronounce it properly. Uh, who's the smarty pants who quipped I was being a bore? Well, clever clogs at the back there is absolutely right, for it is in fact a monstrous bore. The Lupar Benak bore in Sarawak in Borneo, nearly drowned the writer Somerset Maugham in 1921, but he used his terrifying experience in the short story The Yellow Streak, in which a group of men making their way downriver suddenly encounter the boar. We have our own famous seven boar, which, when the sun rises due east and sets due west, a.k.a. the equinox, good time to check your compasses, folks, that comes with high spring tides and thus high peaks in Gloucestershire's Seven Ball, which is why right now it is given a four-star rating. Did you know boars are given a star rating, e.g. three stars for a ten-metre boar? The bigger the boar, the higher the star rating. I heard that too. Yes, I know my rating can be quite high, thank you. Oh, you cannot get the staff. Here's a bit more detail about the Lupar Benak bore. The Benak bore is a tidal phenomenon in which the leading edge of the incoming tide forms a wave or waves of water that travel up the river or narrow bay against the direction of the current. Bores take on various forms ranging from a single breaking wave front, effectively a shock wave, to undular bores comprising of a smooth wave front followed by a train of solitary waves. These are called solitons. The phenomena of the Batang tidal bore occurs in Batang Lupa, Sri Aman, state of Sarawak. The Batang Lupa flows from the Klingkang range to South China Sea with a river length of 275 kilometres. Geographically, the Batang Lupa has a big opening at its river mouth and becomes narrow when it reaches upstream. It is believed that the tidal bore starts at Pulu Seduku, located about 44.6 kilometres from the river mouth and 34.5 kilometres from Sri Aman town. The tidal bore 
locally known as Benak, occurs every day with a different wave height and length. However, during spring tide, right now folks, normally on the 3rd and 18th day of the China Chinese lunar calendar, tidal bores with a very high magnitude can be observed. So now you know. Well, that's all for this month. Regrettably, I am not off down the 100, but I am at home, 158 metres above sea level, raising a glass of shandy in one hand and a walls magnum in the other, to the memory of sharing the same in my garden with the late Harry Rand, the only other man I knew who would heartily enjoy both at the same time. Cheers, Harry. Postscript in the early days, when the groundbreaking Ashenden anemometer was hot news, my cycling expeditions around Ashenden often included encounters with a particularly battered Land Rover missing a rear window. The driver's wave and toots as he regularly overtook me on Brick Hill was gradually supplemented by highs, hellos and how are you's, and eventually an I'm Richard, by the way, was responded to by Harry, and a firm handshake and a happy smile. Cycling out early one morning, I came across the said four-wheeled battered beast, its nose sticking out at least half an inch over the road, parked up in a field gate. I could see its capped driver awkwardly stooping to climb in. Overly theatrically, I stopped just where the Land Rover's bumper, complete with new dents, protruded ever so slightly into the road and remonstrated with said driver, who was already beaming all over his face, about his poor positioning and the acquisition of yet another dent. He was immediately on it, wryly apologising that it wasn't his fault, but a cow backed into him. Harry. You're the chappy that's something to do with that Ashington anemometer in the Burnwood News. Me. Guilty? Harry. I do read it. I do enjoy it. But I don't rightly always understand it. Me. I write it and I don't understand it either. Harry. Massive guffaw. Massive smile. Much chuckling. Couldn't get his words out. Me. Come round for a drink. You know where I live. Harry. Well, I don't drink much. Me, well, me neither. I just drink shandy. Harry, oh, I like shandy. The rest is history. <laughs>